0: Welcome to the Diligent Podcast, where we desire to be diligent in our studies, and I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell. As always, we are thankful to you for your support, for your encouragement, uh, to all of us here on the Scattered Abroad Network, as we uh, certainly just just love to talk about the Bible, I uh, love to talk about different uh, subjects, uh, different things that, that come into our mind that, of course, always line up with the Word of God. And as always, we are just just thankful for another opportunity to do that, me especially. Always want to give a shout out to the Scattered Abroad Network, to all the guys. As I like to say, they are not just great preachers, but they are great men, great husbands, great fathers, uh, great teachers, great mentors. They all just do so many uh, great things and wear so many great hats for the kingdom of God. My responsibility for this particular season, season six here, wow, man, time flies when you're having fun, but my uh, topic this season has been in the world and not of the world. And of course, we find that phrase there in our Lord's great prayer, uh, in John chapter 17 there, of course, in the earlier part of that chapter. Jesus, of course, is praying for himself, he's praying for his disciples, and then of course in verse number 20 and 21, neither pray I for these alone, but for them that shall believe on my word, that being the apostles' word, that they all may be one, ultimately praying for us today. Last time we were together, we spent some time in the book of 1 Corinthians, talking about the congregation there at Corinth. And man, the congregation at Corinth has so many different problems, so many different things going on. And if we are not careful, we too can be found guilty of many, many, many of the same problems they had. If, uh, again, if we are not careful about those things. But with that being said, we are going to navigate just a little bit this morning or afternoon or night wherever you are when you're listening to this episode so I wanna ask a question and then that question is really gonna be the foundation for what it is we're going to talk about today and that question is how does culture affect doctrine again how does culture affect doctrine when you are when you hang around a certain age group of people. You are familiar with the terminology that they have. Um, a lot of young people today they use the terminology period or mic drop and that pretty much is the end of what it is that they are saying. And it's so interesting because in the 70s and in the 80s that was not something that would have been done. And so we see even in our language today because I'm trying to think of something when I was growing up. What was what was the word? I don't really know off the top of the head, but I do know I, I I do know this one. Uh lying. You know, for us growing up, it was lying. Like you're lying. Tell the truth. But today is cap. Like like when young people say no cap, they mean I'm not lying, which is absolutely absolutely funny when you really think about it. But be that as it may, we see that culture changes, even in the way we dress. Recently, I was invited to a a 70s and 80s themed uh, party And this particular party was going to be in the city I grew up in, that being Phoenix City in Columbus, Georgia. A lot of people uh, from uh, high school that I graduated with, they got together and they wanted to just just, just find a reason to see everybody. Not just a 10-year reunion, but really just find a reason to see everybody. And they had come up with this idea of having a 70s and 80s thing. And so I'm thinking, man, like the way they dressed back then, It's just not a way we would dress today. And even if you go up until the 90s, I was born in the 90s, stuff that we wore then, we don't wear now, especially the early 2000s. One of the things that was really popular, which looking back now, I don't know what we were thinking, uh, but there were these long white T-shirts that we would wear. In fact, we would... We would go to stores, not just me, but everybody. We would go to stores and we would purchase these super long white t-shirts, have on these super long shorts, and we would always have on a classic pair of all-white Air Force Ones. And that's just, man, what a time. Just just absolutely ridiculous and crazy, not that I'm talking about it out loud. But, again, it just really shows us and it really pushes even more this 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 idea of culture culture is ever-changing culture will always change because the times are always changing within the world today there is so much speculation about culture and its influence within the body of Christ now we're not suggesting that culture isn't important because i guess on some level depending on where you are things like that sure on 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 some level culture is important now just because culture is important doesn't mean it eclipses what the word of god has already said that's where a lot of people get in trouble a lot of people like to read the Bible from these cultural lands of 2023. And just, just so many people get themselves into a lot of trouble doctrinally when they view the Bible in that particular setting. Does culture affect the way we view things? Absolutely. I don't think anyone would suggest that culture doesn't affect the way we view things today because they do. There are a lot of things that I saw growing up within the church that I thought was Bible when in actuality it was culture. And so if we are not careful, we can raise up a generation of young people who believe that something is wrong but is really not giving way to your preference or the culture in which you're living. But we have to teach them what's right. What's right is the word of God. That's our standard, that's our foundation. That that's what we believe. And 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 and, and we have to be careful of that because we can become really guilty of viewing life from a lens that's not biblical let me give you an example I'm gonna get real personal here a couple years ago when everything was going on with the racial problems and tension in our country and I'll even suggest to you that racial racial uh, tension didn't just start two or three years ago it's been around for a very very long time but A lot of young people were coming to me, and they were asking me to say something, to preach something, and I felt the pressure from this perspective. I felt the pressure because I then realized that many of the people who were younger than me. Only saw the Bible, or only saw the world from the lens of the era in which they grew up in, and of course, is 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 difficult to to minimize that because many of us we view life from an era or a culture we grew up in, and so many of the people were wondering, like, "Hey, Josh, when are you gonna say something from the pulpit? You gotta say something, man. We need you to say something." And I realized. At that moment, that a lot of people have Christianity as a subtitle to what's actually going on. And so, next thing you know, Christianity is just a book that gives us good practical advice. When in actuality, friends, the word of God is not just a book of great advice, but the the Bible is the all-inspired, God-breathed word of God. And so we can't minimize something that God gave to us in order for us to get to heaven. We, We can't keep minimizing the word of God. And so I then realized that a lot of people suggest, a lot of black people, let me just say that, they suggest that Christianity is somehow a subtitle to your blackness. Let me tell you what, friends. I've been black for 29 years. I can't, I can't stop being black. That's that's just, that's just the way I was born. But that does not in any way. It shouldn't in any way. Let me say it that way. Just because I'm black, it shouldn't in any way negate the fact that I'm a Christian first and so when I view things I don't view things from the lens of being a black person I view things from the lens of being a child of God and that's the challenge for many of us again it's so easy to view things just from one lens I heard I had a person tell me a long time ago well well you know Josh man you you just weren't there when my grandparents had to endure what they had to go through. Man, you're absolutely right. I'm not negating or minimizing what they had to go through. And I don't think any humane person would do that. But if we're Christians, the word of God is our standard for everything that we do and everything that we believe. Friends, that has to come first before any and everything else that we do. It's almost like sometimes people want us to, I don't know, pick up flags and do different things and and take allegiances with certain... Hey, hey man. Hey, I I appreciate that stuff. I just want to be a Christian. I just want to be a Christian. I just want to preach the gospel. I just want to do everything I can to get as many people as I can to go to heaven. I'm not interested in... Picking up banners and flags and doing all this other stuff. I just want to be a Christian. I think that's the challenge for all of us. And so when we talk about this idea of how does culture affect doctrine, we have to be really, really, really careful that we don't allow the lens or the era in which we grew up in stop us from hearing what God has already said. It's so interesting because even... I, I was born in the 90s. And so I mean a lot of different things went on. You have I don't know, let me just let me just think here. Um you know a lot of people think that R&B 90s is probably one of the best eras of R&B music and you just you just think about all the, the groups and all the good singing and this, that, and the other that took place back then. And today, you just don't have as much as those things. So, you know, another story for another day. But let's get back to the main point here. Does culture affect the way we view things? Absolutely. When you think about the message of Jesus... His message was one of unity, love, salvation. It was also one of condemnation to those who ultimately did not obey the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so we see his message was consisted of many different things. But during his earthly ministry, Jesus was going to teach and live and ultimately prepare for us to follow him. In Luke chapter 14 and verse number 26, there Jesus says that if a man hate not or love less, his father, his mother, his wife, his children... Even his own life, he cannot be his disciple. And we can think about also in John chapter 14 and verse number 6, Jesus, his message was one that was going to mold our lives to be like him. His word was truth because he himself was truth. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no man goes into the Father except by me or except through me. I love that text there. Jesus says, I am the way. Without me, there is no going. I am the truth. Without me, there is no knowing. And then he says, I am the life. Without me, there is no living. We find all that. And just that one verse alone, John fourteen, verse six. Thomas, Thomas, man, Thomas, I, I love Thomas. Thomas says, "Lord, show us the way." Um, and then Jesus says, "I am the way." Man, that was just that was just preach. Good text there. And so we notice that cold culture has an advantage over what people view, and also how they view it. And our world believes that the Bible is a book. That should adapt to the world in which we live in at any given time, and basically what people suggest is that you know because we have a new year on the calendar, we now need a new Bible to go with the now new year because times are ever changing, but man the Bible is just it is 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 timeless, whatever era or century you put the bible in the bible is just as fresh and applicable 2000 years ago as it is today. And so man, I'm so excited. This is really just the beginning of what we're going to talk about here for for the next couple of episodes here. Again, this idea of how does culture affect doctrine? Uh, As always, appreciate you tuning in here to the Diligent Podcast. Certainly, as always, appreciate the opportunity that has been given to me to just talk about the Word of God. Love it so much. Appreciate it so much. And uh, we hope to see you next time here on the Diligent Podcast, where we desire to be diligent in our studies. And I'm your host, Joshua Cantrell.